Psalm 139. I'll start from verse 12. It says, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. David is writing. Now, David is writing here some very powerful things. Very powerful psalm of David. From verse 1, he begins to talk about the splendor of God. Time will not permit me to go into all that. So from verse 12, he says, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Now, in today's service, I don't know what you call special, but when God says it's a special midweek service, you know, some people, something is not special until they are rolling on the floor and something is falling on them. Things like it might not happen today, I don't know. But there's some very instructive things that God wants us to take note of. More importantly, some things that will inspire certain decisions in us. He says, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance, now I'm getting in there. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Now, I want you to take notice of this particular verse. In verse 15, he says, My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. What does it mean by my substance was not hid from thee? We'll go to verse 16, then we'll get the, the, the picture well. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Powerful. All right? Put it, give me the NIV. We'll look at it from the NIV, then we'll understand. My substance was not hid from thee. What's this substance? What was he talking about? Right? He said, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me, um, give me verse 15 first. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Verse 16, he says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Powerful. We'll, we'll come back here. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. That in the dispensation of the, of the fullness of time, he might gather together in, all, in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in him. Verse 11, he says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Let's pick something very instructive from here. He says, who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. That means God does not work anything outside his will. 
He does not work anything outside the counsel of his will. He does not work anything. He is not, God is not trying to make your dream come to pass. All right? God is not trying to make your dream come to pass. He said, he worketh all things after the counsel of his will. So you see all the working together of God, everything he works, it is after the counsel of his will. It is after what he has predestined. So go back to Psalm 139, verse 15. He said, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Verse 16, he says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. That means the psalmist is saying, before any man comes onto this earth, before he steps on this earth, all the days of his life are written in a book. They are documented. So man's living on earth, as it were, the highest place that man can ever attain is to walk in accordance with what is written in the book. Any man who walks outside what is written in the books of God concerning his life, that man has underlived. Then in verse 17, he said, how precious to me are your thoughts. Now, he's not talking about his unformed body. He's not talking about him who has not uh, 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 become even yet, you know, a full human being. He says, your eyes saw my unformed body. He said, all my days were written in your book. Then he says, how precious to me are your thoughts. What does it mean? It means there's not a single person who came into this world that God was thinking that he should suffer. There's not a single person who came into this world that God was thinking that the person should not make it because he said the, the thoughts he had concerning this unformed body, this person that is coming, he said the thoughts he had concerning him is what? They were precious thoughts. They were precious thoughts. The highest, the highest kind of living a man can live in his life is to live according to what has been written concerning him. People downplay the place of the will of God, but everything sums up in the will of God. No matter how much money you make on earth, no matter the connections you make on earth, no matter your ranking in Forbes list, a man who has not lived according to the will of God for his life has underlived. It is the highest thing that any man can pursue in his life. The highest thing that any man can pursue in his life is to walk in accordance with what was written in the book. He said, all my days were written in your book. Go to Hebrews 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, oh my God, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Do you know in that day, do you know what it meant to become the son of Pharaoh's daughter? Now, someone will ask a question. Okay, if David said, all my days were written in your book. Okay, what about us who have not read, read the book? Think about it. You might be arguing that I, I have not read any book. So, am I on the right path? This is not a book that is given to you to read. This is the kind of book that is uh, downloaded into your spirit. This book is downloaded into your spirit. It's like your whole system. Once a man finds God in his life, his whole system begins to live the book. You see this. It said, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to, become, to be called. Now, 
in the beginning of Moses' life in verse 23, you see by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hit three months of his parents. What was written in the book was that Moses had a destiny. Moses had a destiny. And his destiny was not like every other child. Many boys were born in his day and all the guys were killed. But Moses was different. Moses' destiny was different. Moses came in when Moses was born. He was not even aware that he was being protected. Many things went on and Moses was protected. So many things happened. Moses was protected. In verse 24, now he had come to years where now his decisions will also matter. Am I talking to somebody here? Moses had come to a place where his decisions also matter with the will of God for his life. Where he had come to. What did God think about Moses' life? If Moses in his day thought, ah, leave me alone. Let me just live in Pharaoh's house. Let me just live in Pharaoh's house. What he wouldn't know is that he's underliving. Because he didn't know that when he was born, there was something said about him. He didn't know when he was born, there was something about his life. David said, your eyes saw my unformed body. You already had a plan. He said, precious are your thoughts toward me. You already had a plan. Nobody came into this world to start planning for his life. Any man, before you walk into this world, that is how governments work. Any man, before you come into this world, it is written for you what you are supposed to do. It is written for you what you are supposed to be. That's why we call destiny. You know, we call it destiny because it's a destination. And it is decided before you start. It's decided before you start. Now, why do you think so many people are successful and yet they, 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 they keep looking for something else? Why? Because success is not the same as fulfillment. He said, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. At this point in time, Moses was, he did not care about the fact that he was in Egypt. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something about a calling. I want to tell you something about destiny. There's something about destiny. When, when, when there's a call on your life, when there's something on your life, it begins to fight everything around you. It begins to fight your friends. It begins to fight. There are certain people who are out of your life not because you are bad. They're out of your life because your calling is fighting them. Your calling can fight your job. And you'll be wondering, can't I live like everybody? Can't I have a normal life? No. There are some callings. When you push them away, they will go, but they will come back. Like an ex. <laughs> there are certain callings, nobody understands you. Even your parents won't understand. Nobody will understand. The reason why you woke up at midnight and you were praying in tongues, you, you, you didn't have any problem. You know, in certain places, when you begin to pray for long, they think you have a problem. You know, they think prayer is supposed to be very short. You say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, thank you, blessed, bless, amen. <laughs> no, once they see you, you know, they know you, they know that you are their daughter. All of a sudden, something has come over you. You wake up at midnight. Sometimes you even try to control it, but at a certain point in time, the, the voice is just coming out just like that, you know, and... and you, you couldn't control it. Then your mother saw you. On the first day, she pardoned you. The second day, they asked you, what, what, uh, do you have any issue? Is there any problem? It is your calling. Because nobody ever enters into what God has destined him to be. If it's going to be impactful, nobody ever enters into that thing without first having a preparation with God. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there are certain things that are on your life. I'll tell you this, what's on your head determines what happens around you. There are certain things that come on your life. There are certain things that are associated with your destiny, that when they come on you, 
they will require that you abandon some things. And because they acquire that, require that you abandon something, everybody will look at you and say, are you crazy? What is wrong with you? Are you crazy? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with Moses? What is wrong with you? Moses, what's wrong with you? You are the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Do you know what it means? It means when the, Pharaoh, the, the, the current Pharaoh leaves, you are the next Pharaoh. And those days, don't think Pharaoh is something. Pharaoh was a major thing because Egypt was the world superpower. So if Moses became Pharaoh, that is indirectly world president. Then something happens to him called a calling. Nobody told him about it. Nobody told him about it. All of a sudden, something happens to him called a calling. He sees his fellow Israelites. Something witnesses. The book witnesses on the inside. That book that was written about him before he was born. That, witness, that book witnesses on the inside that th these are your people. John chapter 6, verse 38. For I came down from heaven, Jesus is speaking, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. <laughs> he said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus has given us a blueprint of what it means to be a success. He's given us a blueprint of what it means to mean something to God. What it means in the realm of the spirit. You know, there are people who, who are held on earth and are nothing in, in the spirit. They are held on earth, but they are nothing in the spirit. Jesus is giving us a blueprint of what it means to mean something to God. He said, for I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. It was the same Jesus who said, in the volume of book, it is written of me. You see, we are talking about that same book. In the volume of book, it is written on me. He said, I come to do thy will, O God. Not my will. No, when he was about to die, he, he had a chance. He, he wanted to choose his will. So every man has his will. And he also has thy will. He has the opportunity to choose either his will. I tell you something. All of you will have the opportunity. And I tell you, it, it's non-negotiable. All of us will have the opportunity. I have had the opportunity. You all have the opportunity to choose between your will and his will. All of us write that exam at different levels of life. But that thing, that call from God, that, that pull from God, that pull from God that he gives you, it's about to determine what you mean in this life and the life after. The Bible talks about a, a, a man called the rich young ruler. The Bible didn't even mention his name. He's called the rich young ruler. He came to Jesus Christ. He came to Jesus Christ. And said, ah, what will I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, um, obey all the law. Then Jesus said to him, obey all the law. He said, oh, I've obeyed it from my youth. And he was right because that's why he was rich. Because God told them, if they obey the law, he blessed them. Then Jesus said, okay, one thing thou lackest. He said, go and sell everything you have and come and follow me. Bible says the man was offended. I can agree with the man, Right? He's a rich man. You know, it's easy to give all your things when you're poor. Because you don't like them anyway. <laughs> you don't like the things anyway. You know, it will, it will tell you to give. So, some of you, I say, give your shoe now, now, now. Ah, you'll be excited. you just pull it like this. Say, ah, I don't even like this shoe. You know, but there are certain things that belong to you when a $100 watch, a $1,000 watch, a $1,000 bag. The Lord said, put the bag down. Give it to your friend. You say, Father, is this you or there is another to come? Because that's going to be difficult to do. So this man is rich. And Jesus asked him to put everything down. Why? I'll tell you why later. The reason why Jesus asked him to sell everything and give. 
and come and follow him. Because you, you, you cannot, listen, you cannot carry things and follow Jesus. Let me show you something, First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, Kayamas. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. That means anybody who is rich in this world is rich with uncertain riches. Jesus Christ called it the deceitfulness of riches. Then he says, but in the living God. That means, what is God saying? Don't put your trust in riches. He said, but put it in him who gives you richly. That means God is not planning to also make you broke. He's not planning to make you broke. But when you carry those things to follow Jesus, Jesus will put them down. When you follow him, too, you never lack anything. He asked his disciples. He said, ever since you followed me, when I asked you, when I sent you out, did you lack us, did you lack us down anything? He said, nothing. So when you walk with God, God becomes your gold. You see, but there are people who have trusted so much in their riches that they think they don't need God. Your destiny, your purpose, your purpose. Why are you on earth? Why were you born? What was written about you before you came on the scene? Are you, are you just adding to the ecosystem? You know? Are you just balancing the ecosystem? Are you making sure that there's enough carbon dioxide? You know? Are you balancing or there's something about you? I think there's something about me. You see? I think there's something about me. I didn't just come around. There's something about me. There's something about me. I don't need to feel so. You know? I don't need to feel so. There's something about me. When I, got, when, when I came into this world, I realized that there was something about me. When I, started, when I was growing up, I realized there was something about me. There was something about me. There's a book that was written about me. See? So I'm living my life. I'm living my life in the direction of this book. Everything that has happened to me is because of where I'm going. Everything that has come into my life is because if it was bad, it was because the devil saw that there was something bad, that there was something great about me. So it starts to come in the way. Everything that has happened, once you are listening to me today, once you are not dead and you are listening to me today, there's something about you. Anybody that there's nothing about would have died last night before coming to this place. Because people who hear me are people God has destined to listen to me. I tell you. If you're if not destined to listen to me, you'll never find yourself here. As you are coming, a rat will distract you. You just pass. You know, and God is going to initiate many of you into your purpose. You see, going to initiate into your purpose. There's some of you, you're already walking there. You know, God is going to straighten the lines. You see more clearly. That's what he told me. He said, you'll see more clearly. You see more clearly, and you see his leading more clearly. You know what this is what I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do. You know, see more clearly. Jesus Christ said, I came to do the will of the Father. I came to do the will of him who sent me. So I'm not on earth to do what I want. I'm not on earth to do what I want. I'm here to fulfill something that was said concerning me. He said he performs all things by the counsel of his own will. Of his own will. I tell you, I tell people most of the time. I said, I find it that it is more difficult to do what I want to do than to do what God wants to do. It is more difficult. Anytime I want to do what I want, it is more difficult. Anytime I, I, I just ask, okay, God, what are you doing? And he says, I'm doing this. And I join what he's doing. I realize that it is easier. I realize it's easier. It is hard to swim against the tide. 
When the waves are coming this way and you try to swim against the tide, it is more difficult. It's more difficult. I tell something about a calling. A calling, you know, breaks you. A calling breaks you. Because God knows that he gave you a will. But he still wants you sub- to submit that will to his will. So in the process of submitting your will to his will, that calling will break you. It will break you. It will break you so that you can conform to what is uh, allowed here. You know, sometimes I have met people, you know, I've met people and they probably, you know, know a, a thing or two, you know, they'll probably have some exposure and certain things. Then they say, oh, I want to serve God. I want to come to church. When they come to church, they think that same training and whatever they had in the world, they're just going to bring into church and it's going to work the same. Uh, welcome to God. <laughs> One time I heard a preacher saying, he said, imagine if Michael Jackson gave his life to Christ. Wow, what souls he'll win. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. You and I are here. We're all here. Eh? When Justin Bieber gave his life to Christ? Watch it. Since, since he gave up, yeah. because I'm not saying his, his, his salvation is false. I'm just saying God has a school. God has a school. You cannot bring your training of the world into, you, 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 you attend a school, you finish it. I'm telling you. I was a singer in the world before I got born again. It took me 10 years for one song. <laughs> you know, there's some people, they sing in the world and they say, oh, when I get born again, when I become born again, you know, you just get born again. And you know, so, no, the, the, we can even give you a mic. You will sing, 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 sing. You will still go to the school. You will still attend the school. Ways to know your purpose. Number one. So, number one, by revelation. Number one is by a revelation. Acts chapter 9. Now, I want to say this before I, I, I say. Usually, people try to compare themselves. Okay? People try to compare themselves. Ah, this guy, how did you know your purpose? So you see, people ask questions. How do you know the purpose, your purpose? This one say, oh, I knew it by, you know, I had a dream. And this, so we are expecting, where's my dream? So now we are not careful about our dreams. Like, you dream and you saw an ant. Mm, my purpose is to work hard. Because the Bible says, go to the ants, you sluggard. You know, so you, you, you are comparing yourself, you know. And th- that's the first mistake. Second mistake is we, we are telling God how to tell us. No, I think I'm communicating. We are telling God how to tell us, Father, as I dream today. <laughs> no, you know, am I right? As I, Lord, as I dream today, let the dream be my purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. And that day, unluckily, you ate Indomie. So, when you dreamt, you saw a stripper shaking, shaking. And say, Father, what are you trying to tell me? Father, Father, Lord, Father, you slept again. You saw Papa Pransa, you know Papa Pransa. Say, Father, am I going to own a chop bar? You know, Father, what's that? You are just wondering what it is that you are supposed to do on earth because of what you have seen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So, those two mistakes, don't make them. Don't compare yourself with someone's own. I tell you, look, look at these. Th- I'm going to show you three guys. Three guys. And all of them, they are almost so different. Samson had the most dramatic, Samson dramatic calling. An angel appeared to his father and mother. Not even him. An angel appeared to his father and mother. And they appeared, the angel appeared and told him, said, you will give birth to a son. We call him Samson. What, what? And when he was done, the angel was done. They put an altar, they set an altar, and the angel vanished in the midst of the smoke. 
So you know that you definitely have a special child, right? You know that you definitely have a special child. So there are some people over here like that. Your mother can tell you some stories. Yeah, your mother might be able to tell you something. When I was pregnant with you, eight months, I saw a light bulb. And I saw three shadows. Right? That year was the year of Ghana's independence. So I knew you are an independent child. And then we saw Right? So Samson had a dramatic calling. Joseph, so look at Samson. God went to tell his parents. Joseph, they didn't tell his parents. He had a dream. So they said that when he told his parents the dream, they said, hey. Say, I saw that all of you about him. Hey. Oh boy. See, as for his brothers, they're the vexed. See this guy. Do you have that sibling who, who thinks he's special? Do you have, have you ever had a sibling like that? Who thinks he's special? He's special. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody ever stands up and thinks he's special. Something is witnessing some speciality inside him. Yeah, so you also have the chance to start thinking you are special. I think I'm special. There's something about me. Is there something about you? So, the next person is who? Joseph. His parents didn't see it. He got to age 17 before he had a dream. So from age 1 to age 16, he would have thought he's a normal person. Third person, David. His parents did not know. Even him, he did not know. So you see, we don't all go that the same road. So I'm going to show you the different roads in scripture, how you know your purpose. Because God is shifting people into their main purpose in Jesus' mighty name. So I said number one, by revelation. Acts chapter 9, verse 4. Um, let's start from verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. You see? Paul was, was going, he was called Saul, right? Paul, Saul. He was going, you know, and on his way to um, Damascus to go and persecute the Christians, there was a light shone from heaven. And when that light hit him, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. So a light from heaven hit the guy. Quite dramatic. This is a revelation. It was revealed to him. All right. So, so why persecutest thou me? He fell to the earth and heard the voice saying, "So, so why persecutest thou me?" So, so had you know a revelation. He saw Jesus. So, because of things like this, some people say, oh, God has not put his hand on me because I have not seen Jesus. I told you the story of how I was in secondary school and my friend said he has seen Jesus. So, I also said, I want to see Jesus. I prayed for 10 hours. Jesus never came. Sorry, Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Look at this guy. He says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Verse 26, he says, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, this is, this is amazing. This is crazy, all right? Now, this man called Simeon, all his life, remember that this guy, all his life, he was a priest. So from the beginning of his life, he will see him having priestly duties, having, doing many things, you know, living a priestly life, 
all the things he did from the beginning of his life till this time, this was his main calling. So that means if he married, even though he has married, it is not marked. Listen, it is not marked. If he ever helped any poor person, he has done well, but it is not marked. Because the main reason why he was born and alive was because he was supposed to see Jesus. That is his calling. Look at John the Baptist. John the Baptist was born to announce Jesus. After the day he announced Jesus, God has finished with him. That's it. That's it. Let me tell you. I want to tell you something about a historic moment. All of you are, are, are destined and everybody has his moment of history. Don't miss it. Your moment of history might be when you are young. Your moment of history might be when you are old. Because Simeon here, his moment of history was at the end of his life. No matter how many more people David killed, it was his killing of Goliath that made him relevant. Afterward, no, it doesn't matter how many persons he kills. For Simeon, he said, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. That was, uh, go to verse 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to him, uh, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mothers marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Another day's topic. But you see, Simeon's moment of history, his life, his life, everything that had to do with his life, regardless of how much money he makes, regardless of what he does, how many houses he built, whatever he does in this life, this was the most important thing about Simeon. So the guy was probably old and in a position to die, but the guy said he's not going to die. Why? Because it has been revealed to him that he must see the Lord Christ before he dies. So there's nothing you do to this guy that will die. There are some of you. It doesn't matter who plans against you. The thing you must do must be done. So there are some years of your life, they are just, time has passed. Because you are coming to that day. You, you are coming to that day that you must have that historic moment that is in accordance with your destiny. I said for some people, their historic moment is at the end of their life. For some, it is in the middle. For some, it is at the beginning of their life. It doesn't matter what else they do after that historic moment. That is their moment of history. That revelation that Paul had on his way to Damascus, that he, quite dramatic, he saw Jesus. He saw Jesus. And Jesus told him what he's supposed to do. You can imagine the kind of confidence this particular person will have. So much confidence. Because he had seen Jesus. And Jesus told him his calling. Told him what he's supposed to do. Told him what he's meant to do. You know, sometimes, you don't know why God orchestrates your life for somebody to call you and say, let us go to church. You don't understand why. It's your calling. Your calling is making noise in the spirit. There are some people you met and those were, it, could, it could only be God. Because after you met those people, your life turned around. 
So the first one is revelation. By revelation. Those are quite dramatic. I will not rule them out because yes, God sometimes calls on people in such a dramatic fashion. But the rest I will tell you about are also very important. The second one, scriptural illumination. Scriptural illumination. Luke chapter 4, verse 17. Let's start from 16. So verse 16, look at it. He says, and he came to Nazareth. Now, this is Jesus himself. When the angel appeared to Mary, all right? When the angel appeared to Mary and said to Mary that um, they are going to have a son, it's going to be Emmanuel. Jesus was not there. So how would Jesus know his own too? Verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of prophet Isaiah. Or Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place. Oh my God. This, this blessed me so much. He found the place. That means Jesus was not reading every scripture that it, it, it pertains to him. Not every scripture pertains to you. He found a place. That means he was searching for the scripture that is in line with his calling. There are some scriptures that are in line with my calling. There are some scriptures which are not in line with my calling. I'll show you something. He says, and there was delivered unto him a book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Verse 19. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20. And he closed the book. Hold on. Hold on. Go to Isaiah chapter 61. Where Jesus Christ brought this scripture from. Where he found Isaiah 61. So Jesus went to the synagogue and opened Isaiah 61. He found it. He said, the spirit of the Lord was upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel, uh, good tidings unto the meek. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to them that are bound. Same thing, verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then Isaiah added, and the day of vengeance of our God. But when Jesus was reading, was reading Luke chapter 4, verse 18, when he got to the day of vengeance, he closed the book. Why? It is not part of his calling for that time. Why? Because the first coming of Jesus was for just good tidings. It is in his second coming that he will have the vengeance. The first one was he said, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus came to talk about the acceptable year of the Lord. And that was his calling. So when he came, he read that book. So there's scriptural illumination. There are certain times you'll be reading scripture. So don't be looking for what you are supposed to be in this world. You're looking for guidance from God, but you don't read the Bible. Because there are certain times you'll be reading the scriptures. As you read the scriptures, certain scriptures will stand out to you. They will show you that, hey, this is you, this is you, this is you. So, as you keep reading the scriptures, let me show you something. John, uh, um, John chapter 1, verse 22. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? Verse 23. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. That means John has been reading the book of prophet Isaiah. When he read it, he realized that, no, this one is me. Some of you sitting here, you are fulfillment of certain scriptures. You think it probably has been fulfilled? No. I was telling some of the leaders one time, I said, the, the heroes of the Bible, they were like you and I. Sometimes you think they were some, they didn't step on the ground, you know. No, no, no. The heroes of the scripture were normal people. 
They just came into certain days. And the days they came into, there was scripture and they step into it. They step into it. I'm a fulfillment of a scripture. Yeah. So when you look inside the scriptures, you can have scriptural illumination. Some scriptures will stand out to you. I'm the voice. I'm the voice. I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Because it was written in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3. It's I'm the voice. I'm the voice. I'm the voice. So John the Baptist read that book of Isaiah. And he realized that that voice that Isaiah was prophesying. He was the voice. I'm the voice. He kept saying I'm the voice. Even Jesus had to know what he was called to do. He, he read it out. Go back to um, Luke chapter 4 verse 19. He got to know it by scriptural illumination. As he was looking in the scriptures, he saw it. Verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fasting on him. Verse 21. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. I'm not normal. I'm not normal. I'm not, I'm not normal. You, you, you might be walking in, you might be in an area, but you're not normal. You look around and you're not normal. You know there's something about you. There's some, you might be in a family where the whole family is against that you going to church, you be in the house of God, the whole family is against you. It, it, you are not supposed to be normal. And probably that, that house, everybody is even a Christian. And they all, yeah, they pray in tongues. But only you, like your own is why 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 we got born again before you calm down calm down calm down some callings don't calm down no some destinies don't calm down that's what they told joseph calm down joseph said listen i saw it though i saw it he said all the wheat were bound to me he said, calm down now huh? imagine something but bible says that the spirit of the lord always excited something you know what that means it means you know the guy was born to fight so small thing he feel like fighting yeah and his own was not muscles his own was the spirit of god comes upon him and he fights so small thing he's in a field you see tree pam 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 and the tree will break everybody you're walking around what is wrong with this guy everywhere you go you want to fight everywhere you go you want to fight it's his calling it's calling and speaking so there are some people you know they they, they Probably they are born to sink. So you see them, you see them in the house. Everybody's quiet. Nobody. Only them. I'm officially blown. Maybe the guy is supposed to be a drama in church. It's part of his destiny. Huh? Huh? But you see him in the house as a small boy. He has gone to take your saucepan. He's a something is calling him. So that's number three. Giftings and potentials. There are ways God also calls by giftings and potentials. Giftings and potentials. <sighs> giftings and potentials. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. So he says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will. Give me the NIV. For it is God who works in you to will. The word there is to desire. So you see, a potential and a gift brings a desire. So you see, all of a sudden, for example, there are some people who are passionate about uh, needle and thread 
and sowing. Me, I'm never ever. I don't even understand them. You get it? Me, I like music. When I hear music, I like music. There are some people they are passionate about, you know, give me examples. Give me examples. About makeup. Once they see makeup, they, it doesn't, they don't even take long to learn those things. They just see, you know, they, I know some ladies, they suffer with makeup rough. I know, I know, I know. I know. How do I know? By seeing some people's makeup. I, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I said I didn't say anything. Shabalababaya. So if you see that it's not your calling, just move it to the one who is calling and pay. Simple. Me, that is that not my calling. I pay. Eh? Because you can see some people's. <laughs> like, no, they don't have with desire, passion for it. It's not there. Because by the time they put, pa, 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 you see them coming. Pa. can somebody be passionate about the first time I went to a gym the, the guy that he's passionate about the gym he's passionate about the muscles he's passionate he's telling me things that you know when you lift this you get a biceps and then I'm saying, really see desire so giftings and potential can also point you to something you are called to do there's some people they are just good with talking see they're good with, you know, they, they, if you even take them to a, a school to do pre, pre, um, TV presentation, you're even worrying themselves. It's natural. You tell them, tell them, hello everyone, this is my YouTube channel. You say, Social media has even helped people to get caught. <laughs> now, everybody's his own TV host. You know, those days of you go to a media school, you're like, it's wasted now. Now, people just you know, social media just go, hi, this is my YouTube channel. And I'm saying, once they do it for two months, they are stars. They will get the money the person who, is even, who has even gone to the school is not even getting. You see, gifts and potentials. Number four, external confirmations. I'm saying confirmation because, you know, it means there will have to be a little witness in your heart. For you uh, that this thing so because if you now go and do oh this prophet told me that i'm supposed to be this prophet hmm. listen to me now never forget this statement i'm about to make god will not hold you responsible for something he did not tell you that another prophet told you even if it is from him god i said god i said god will not hold you responsible never forget it for something he has not told you that another prophet told you even if it is from him god god always holds us responsible for what he told us because you had no plan of being a chef a prophet came to you that just hear the lord you will cook food meanwhile you know that your food is not sweet who should eat it when you do indomie here now something will happen to us the next morning no me i know i'm prophesying to some people right now i know that when you finish cooking, people can't tell you that it's salt because you cry. They, they can't tell you it's salty because you cry. So they find ways and means. Ways like, you know, wow. Wow. You really embody the scripture. You are the salt of the earth, you know. Watch it very well. Watch it very well. When you finish cooking and people start singing, I'm the salt of the earth. Hey, hey, hey. I'm the salt. 
Watch it very well when they start singing such songs. They are, they, are, they are implicative songs. They are telling you things in secret places. I'm a CDC, I'm a C. You know, they'll be saying, singing it, but you're thinking, oh, the people are excited with your food. No, no. They'll be telling you, wow, have you read the story of Lot's wife? Yeah. <laughs> telling you things, you know. So, you, you cannot, if external confirmation because it happened in scripture like for example Simeon gave an external confirmation you see Simeon gave an external confirmation but it had to be done now look at David David was fully an external confirmation fully an external confirmation you see some, um, someone had to come from somewhere to come and invite David to okay you are called to do this you are called to do that this is what you are called to do hallelujah I said number four, right? That's it. No, um, external confirmation. A word can come to you. Now, always also be very, very careful about the voices you listen to as external confirmations. God has a voice for you to listen to. You see, there's a voice God has given you to listen to. There are some people, they are friends with every prophet in town. <laughs> Welcome. When you land on the floor like this, bulagas. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The last one, number five. Step by step directions. What does that one look like? It is not any dramatic thing. All right? It's not any dramatic thing. You did not see a vision. You did not, nobody told you anything. But you just find yourself from this step, you go to that step. From this step, because he said, For it is God who has who is at work in you, both to will. The will is the desire. But he also said to do. So God can be at work in you to do. You see, you didn't hear a voice, but you just find yourself doing those things. Some way, somehow, you are just doing those things. Some way, somehow, you are just doing those things. You just found yourself, oh, you went to this school. After that school, you met this person. You just found yourself doing them. Doing them. Doing them. God can be at work in you to do. Not only to will, but also to do. So there are systematic directions that you be, you know, the hand of the Lord can come upon you, you know, and you just find yourself doing those things. Doing those things. You find yourself doing those things. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You find yourself doing those things. Doing those things. It is called moving from the known to the unknown. Because instead of you sitting down and say, oh God, show me. Show me what I'm about to do. Show me what I'm about to do. Start by doing something. While you start doing it, you know, there are some people, they receive a prophecy that you're, uh, ah, I see you singing to 10,000 people. So they are waiting for the microphone to sing to 10,000 people. You might have to sing in your cell. Yeah, you might have to sing in your cell for long. You'll be the uh, choir mother of your cell. Then, how many people are singing, are listening to your singing? Three. We bow down and worship. Meanwhile, the vision that came is that you're going to sing to 10,000 people. He that is faithful in little is faithful in much. God's purpose for your life. From today, I'm ushering you into God's purpose for your life. That's the reason for today's service. Because you're going to find yourself entering into God's purpose for your life. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. He said, for they are thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. That means there's an expected end. That expected end is being opened by the angels of God for you. So when you walk out of this place, if you're on the wrong road, the Spirit of God is going to cause you to get on the right road by the power of the Holy Spirit. Angels of God are not set in your path and they're going to find themselves 
helping you to get on the right road even if you have been on the wrong place you have been on the wrong road you will hear a voice you will hear a voice God's purpose for your life is kick-starting right from today God's purpose for your life if you have made a mistake and you have enrolled in the wrong place you are friends with the wrong people by the power of the Holy Spirit there's a leadership of the Spirit for you there's a leadership of the Spirit the Spirit of God is going to guide you the Spirit of God is going to lead you into the place that you should go and the place that you should be by the power of the Holy Spirit I want to speak in the Holy Ghost right now because as we pray in the Holy Ghost right now there's some of you God is going to lead you he's going to guide you he's going to say things to you as we pray right now as we pray right now